How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to uh, Dos Pistoleros Podcast. I'm here with uh, Boots. Uh, hey, hey, hey. And uh, I'm Ramon Chabron. And uh, we're back with another episode. This is going to be episode four. And uh, we're, we kind of went a little bit of a different direction with this one, which I, I'm kind of glad we did. I'm looking forward to, to just chatting with you a little bit because we tried to set up sort of a... Uh, a structure or a foundation with the other ones and and uh I, I think you know sometimes you feel like it's just a little bit forced you know There's the super flow. bowl's coming up and you're like well we have to talk about the super bowl even though neither one of us was really into it in, or yeah. yeah it's one of those things like i think you were saying earlier like how our knowledge on sports are different sports it's trying to find a middle ground you know like you know more about football American football versus me know more about, you know, football and the rest of the world, soccer to us Americans yeah. <laughs> and, and, and baseball, you know, cause I, I watched more of those and they're more spring and summer sports, you know, and it's hard to watch that when you're at work versus, but we, there's one thing that we do both have that almost same amount of knowledge is, is fighting, boxing and yeah. I, I know more about boxing than I do MMA because and I, boxing doesn't have a season. Yeah, it's, it's it happens right. when it happens, it's, yeah. which is awesome. And there's some big fights coming up that we'd like to talk about. Some some stories that broke out. Uh, one of them being Andrew Ruiz left it's, his trainer. Yeah. So that's yeah, kind of wild, and, man. And there's all these. There's been lists of trainers. Uh, last I heard, there was a. I don't know if it's. I think it's confirmed that he has got a hold of Teddy Atlas and is going to meet with him on the East Coast in February, which I think Teddy could do amazing things with him. Well, that guy's a mad scientist when it comes to boxing. I mean, <sighs> as, as far as I'm concerned, you know, he might as well be the Archangel Gabriel. I mean, when it comes to boxing, just, you know. Which is phenomenal. funny because they keep, they, they, it's kind of how they they treat Freddie Roach, which Freddie Roach is a phenomenal trainer. You know, he's a five-time train, you know, trainer of the year, but I... I kind of hold Teddy above that, kind of above him, because I... Well, Teddy Atlas did it with more boxers, and, and he has a wider, how, a longer resume, I would yeah. say. Uh, when you look at Freddie Roach, I think a lot of it was Manny Pacquiao. But he and, also, and, you know, he had De La Hoya in the day. I, and well, Hopkins. I agree, but a lot of that came after Manny Pacquiao, I mean... When people saw what he did with Manny Pacquiao, he saw well, I think Delahoya was before. Oh, was he? Really? Dela, well, I think he had Freddie Roach was with Delahoya until Delahoya lost to Floyd Mayweather, and I think he left. No, he left Floyd uh, Freddie Roach before that, and actually had Floyd Mayweather's dad training him for the Floyd Mayweather fight, which was kind I remember of odd. that. That's when yeah. him and his dad were beefing. Yeah, and even it's funny because I remember that fight when they asked like, "Who do you think won?" and he was like, "Oh, like on points," and he's like, "Well, on points." Oscar won on points, you yeah. know, which is weird because people who are up Floyd Mayweather's ass always say, "Oh, well, Floyd won on points." Yeah. Well, even his dad just said on points, Oscar won, which is pretty damning. But then they're like, "Oh, well, they're beefing. They're beefing. That, that doesn't count." You know, I'm like, I don't know. Even if you're beefing, your dad's not gonna want to ruin your career. He's but he's gonna tell the truth. I, you know, I always weird. wondered what, like, how that whole thing came about between him and his dad. And I've seen a couple of uh, interviews with both of them where they talk a little bit about it. But you never really know, like, what the entire roots of it was. You know what I mean? Uh, I think it was weird. I, you know, I'm not a 
Floyd Mayweather fan, but I think it was weird that his dad went and trained De La Hoya for the fight against yes, Floyd Mayweather. You know, just the whole premise of that is just... It almost had you thinking, really is, is, this, is that a strategy? Right. Is, is he leaking information to Floyd? Or is he, is, is, is he kind of training Oscar away from that? But I mean, obviously you would think this guy's a professional, he's not going to do that. But there's always that, but did he? You can't you can't say definitely and you can't say definitely not. Well, I think it's weird in the in just it's a, a family way too. Exactly, go, yeah. It's just one of those situations. You know how how at odds do you have to be with your kid to really? I'm gonna turn this guy to beat you like up, that. yeah, to take your to take the title from you. Yeah, the whole idea of it like that should have been a way bigger story than it actually was. Yeah, if you yeah, think it was about it, the rug. I think I think in fact, today's I, society I kind of thought yeah I kind of like forgot about it until you actually just brought it up. I, didn't well, even... I, I did too until I thought about it. I was like, oh, wait. No, Flake Brothers' dad. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's great. But... I, you know, uh, 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 Roger obviously is the more, you know, he's the more, uh, he's got the better resume between him and Floyd Sr. He was a champion. Yeah. So I can better. see why you would go with your uncle instead of your dad. It just seems weird to me that your dad would go with your, your uncle. Yeah. I don't know. It, I yeah, don't... That's, that's, that's very odd. I have no <laughs> real, like... Yeah, way of, of even making an opinion on that just because I guess I just don't know enough about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, and it's weird that you know it happened so long ago. Was that mid '90s, late '90s when that happened? When that fight was? Yeah. It no, was, no. I think he was still pretty boy early Floyd two, at the time, or late 2000s. I think. Was it that far? He was yeah. still pretty boy Floyd at that time. I think it was like 2005, 2006, somewhere around. Uh, so like mid 2000s. Mid 2000s. Yeah. Uh, it's. As far as as far as uh, Andy Ruiz is concerned, um, I don't know what, and and I haven't seen anything regarding why Ruiz uh, made the choice to, to go with a different trainer or to go ahead and lose his trainer. Um, I can tell you. Well, I can tell you basically what the article was saying. It was because of the Joshua fight, the loss, the way he came in, so unprepared, overweight, you know, fourteen pounds heavier than the first fight. Well. He was sort of hyped on himself that the blame's got to go somewhere. So who do it's you... almost like a scapegoat. Exactly. So who do you blame? You blame the trainer. Which, I mean, I guess that's part of it. It is part of the trainer. The trainer needs to, you know, he's got to crack that whip. Yeah. But at the same time, if Ruiz doesn't want to do it, he's not going to do it. But it's it, partly on that's a good point, though, too. Well, that's a good point, too, because Andrew Ruiz can even take responsibility for what happened against Joshua. But he can also at the same time say, I need somebody that's going to ground me when I am in that, you know. And I think, and Teddy will do oh, that. Oh, absolutely. He's my way of the highway type guy. Yeah, exactly. But now, now the, the bad thing about that is, does he have the discipline to listen to Teddy, to take, Teddy's going to, he's going to tear him down. I guess he'll find out the hard way. Yeah. I mean, Teddy's a, a damn, he's a drill instructor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. going to, can he handle that? And Teddy's that's going to be what this meeting is going to be all about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure Teddy's going to bring it up. He's like, you, you, you're you going to come you out be here. Devoted. Yeah, you got to be. You're going to come to the East Coast. You're going to train out here. Leave your entourage back in Cali. Right. This is this is you either going to do this and do it my way and be serious, right? Or you can go back to being, you know, that one time you had the belts. Yeah. You know, and there were so many other options. Another one is. Uh, <coughs> Tom Gosson, Goosen, I can't I'm sure how to say his name, but uh, I don't know if you remember him. He was the guy, uh, 
Remember the Corrales Castillo fights? Oh yeah, yeah. When, he, when Corrales kept awesome fights. Man. I think it was Corrales who kept spitting his spitting his mouth guard out. Yeah, the guy. Remember the count. that was that was a trainer who was like, "You better do something," you know. Yeah. Was giving him from, he was giving yeah. him uh, pep talk basically while giving him his mouthpiece, and Ooh. the ref finally was like, "Hey, just put it in his mouth," and and <laughs> and he he got Corrales to win that fight. He's yeah. he's another one that could be because he's such a one of the great motivators you know he knows how to work with ego same as Freddie Roach you know that's another guy but they they can work with the ego and he has to ground you a little bit bring you back down to earth without being the hard nose like yeah. Teddy a Teddy Atlas would without losing you you know what I mean mm-hmm. and there is a fine line we see it in all types of coaching and all types of aspects of sports and and uh, training and all stuff like that like there really is a fine line uh, Ron Rivera, for example, in in Carolina, you know, mm-hmm. I've seen some clips of him on Instagram where, you know, oh, he's right. going off on on these guys in the uh, uh, training room, and he's just basically telling them, you know, there really are no excuses out there. But he's doing it in a way where, you know, there's some cuss words involved, and yeah. he's doing some hollering and stuff, and gotta get through the guy and with I that think shock. that ultimately what maybe, you know costed him his job in Carolina. He's a phenomenal coach, excellent game planner, motivates his guys. I think maybe he crossed that line, kind of lost his locker room a little bit. A little and bit. that's the thing with coaching, like in that aspect now, is, is and you see it in soccer as well. It's hard to change the subject, but it's, the no, players are more We're here to talk about whatever we want. Yeah. That's kind of what this I wanted our, to do this on this rant. podcast. Yeah, that, just rant. whatever's going on. So we're going to be, we're yeah. going to be going off. So hopefully. I felt, I felt trapped by this whole Super Bowl talk yesterday. The structure of and I didn't yeah. feel really into it. So when you listen to it later on, you go. You kind of tell. Ah, yeah, I was not. Yeah, I, I wasn't really into that whole conversation. I just kind of was saying some of the stats that I had read. But there was really no, like, I wasn't. It, you know, emotionally involved in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I get well. So on the fact of Ron Rivera losing the locker room, it's gotten to the point. Back then, a coach could do what he needed to do to get those guys in shape, to get them get their head right. If they're trying to be prima donnas, he'd crack that whip and yeah. bring them down to earth. Now it's that prima donna has so much power. He, they go to the owner like, "Hey, I don't like him." You see that in soccer that are these. These players are just like, well, I'm not going to play for him. They're like, well, these are facets and and these are metaphors for like our lives. Yeah. And like how children are with their parents and everything else. All of a sudden now I'm going to call you, you spank spank me for stealing something. Who was it? George Carlin said, uh, uh, what was it? Rats and squealers. Rats and squealers. He goes, these kids that uh, call their, the, the cops on their parents and rat him out for having drugs in the house he goes how stupid can you be you don't call the cops on the people that are buying <laughs> the food yeah <laughs> they're providing the shelter <laughs> and now you're gone son right <laughs> yeah that's but i mean that's how we, we, we are we've given the power away yeah. to to people who don't need like we don't need, and the end don't result need that much power is, yeah and the end result is you know i'm i'm i kind of I understand free agency and things like that, and and I, I think it's ruining the sport. But I also understand that, you know, it's not just the players that are greedy and want this, but it's also the owners. Owners are very greedy. Yeah, so I mean, they're they're, it's almost like they're not even on the same team. With free agency, it's like they're playing against each other. And they are. How they, do you they, really build a team around that? That you got to be a freaking genius of a coach. 
And this is where I do give respect to those coaches that are, are winning in the NFL right now, like a Bill Belichick or, or somebody like that, is that they found a formula to make this work, even though it's like the Players Association versus the ownership versus yeah. the NFL. And, and they're almost at odds all the time, but they somehow find a way to make a, a team out of it and, and bring in that team spirit, which that's a tough thing to do nowadays with the way that these guys get paid, the amount of the money. The way they, they hold paid. out, the way, I mean, look what Zeke yeah. did to get his money. Look what's going on with Dak right now and Jerry Jones. They're, yeah. they're fighting each other to be on the same team, but fighting, it's 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 such a headache. Yeah. I mean. It adds such another, a whole entire another facet to the game that I've never really been all that interested in. You know, but it's but, a big part now. It's a huge it's part. It's a huge part of the game. Yeah, so you got to kind of almost be involved in it if you want to be a fan. I, uh, I think that's part of the reason why I've kind of strayed away from a lot of sports. Oh, yeah. lately. that's that's like, a reason. That's one of those things that you just like. Yeah. It's like and it's boxing a, is not political. immune to this. Oh, by no means. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've they've got their there's the promotional aspect of it that's literally, you know, shoving a hot fork through the entire sport. I mean, yeah. so. You know, and then you've got, you know, other other parts of it that are, you know, the corruption and things like that. And it's and just tough, man. It's tough. For people to say that there's no corruption in a certain sport, they're they're they're, they're full of it because yeah. all of them all of them have that. Yeah. NBA has it, NFL. People they're like, Oh, you can't rig games, you can't do that. I, uh was it Tim Donahue for the NBA, the the ref that got busted for oh, yeah, for yeah. rigging games, you know, yeah. for, for adding fouls calling this and that I mean it, it can be done and it, and it and in a lot of cases it has been done you know I mean yeah. baseball <laughs> and that was so far back back with uh, eight, was it the eight men out the White Sox yeah. with a mob I, bottom I, you know one thing I do respect about Dana White in MMA is that he made a concerted effort to try to avoid all that but then he, he brought up all these. Well, I don't think I don't. I wouldn't necessarily even say that he ever did. I think he wants it to be a pure sport, and I think he does everything he can to try to keep it that way. But then you've just created this whole other myriad of issues that are not—they're uh, not known in other sports, but they're known in MMA because. You tried so hard to keep it on the straight and narrow that, you know, uh, the byproduct of that was, you know, uh, you got so many MMA fighters that get injured during training that refuse to even say that they're injured. Yeah, they'll go through. They'll go through. And, because and they'll, they'll lose Because their you chance. don't go into that fight, you do not get paid. I mean, look, and look That's at the difference. Person. You know, you in boxing, you sign a contract. This says, hey, dude, I'm going to spend the next two months of my life oh, training six and there's a clause pieces. in here yeah and there's a clause in here if i get hurt i still got to be compensated for the two months of I work get a that i get percentage of doing. that purse yeah. no matter what and then you get well it's not even a purse i mean this is just a contract that says hey this is how much i need to get paid right. to to even prepare for this fight you know what i mean i can't just prepare for a fight and be unemployed this whole entire time yeah if i get injured i got doctor bills i gotta pay i've got all this other stuff i've got to do you know what i mean the ufc if you get hurt while you're training screwed well that that, you know what i mean to me that's in a sense corruption with dana white and i'm greedy well i watch a lot of fights i i can't i I, i'm in no (laughs) position whatsoever to to comment on that because i have no idea i have no idea i i think like he's trying to keep it 
keep the corruption, the outside corruption out of it. I think the outside. I think he's trying to do that. I think that it's creating a lot of problems. I think think it's more domestic versus foreign with MMA. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, but on that on that same thing, you know, they don't get paid. They also don't get the shots anymore. Look at Tony Ferguson when he got hurt before the uh, Khabib fight. Right. Look how long he's been back for a while. He's had some fabulous fights. But we're making like two different. We're making like the. We're we're making like two different arguments here. We go, oh we're, man, damn it! I I hate free agency, yeah. and then we're going, oh, oh I hate how greedy these players are, but then we're also saying like. Well, look at if you look at MMA, they're not allowed to be greedy. They're not even allowed to have their own sponsors. You know what I'm saying? They got to have the, the the UFC sponsors, the one that Dana White's approved. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he gets a chunk of that money too. We're, we're so like, they're not allowed to. Yeah, they're not allowed to go and and get their own sponsors. So we we can't sit on both sides of that fence and go, oh well, it's all corrupt, because you it's know that the roots America. of this one have to be somewhat. They're trying to do something. The problem is, is that the byproduct is that, that you end up with. And I've seen a lot of MMA fights. In fact, I've seen some at the McGregor uh, Cowboy Cerrone fight. I'm not going to try to claim for one second that Cowboy Cerrone came into that fight already injured or, mm. and refused to, to claim that he was injured. You know what I mean? But I've seen a lot of fights where I went, man, that that guy or that or that chick was huge favorite in this fight really didn't look like they were here to fight and you go i wonder if they got hurt in training and just refused to say anything and you see a lot of guys post fight go yeah i did lose i'll admit it now now that i've already got my paycheck i'll admit i I did get hurt in training you see that in boxing look at the the biggest one was manny pacquiao who had what just look at his shoulder oh when he fought uh floyd leather and he did pretty good for a dislocated shoulder. And right. there was even, I remember, Janani uh, uh, Golovkin, Triple G, when he was first stepped on the scene on the American circuit, I think it was his second fight, he had the flu the oh. night before. And he fought. And they were like, how do you feel? You know, are you 100%? He's like, oh. And they're like, oh, so are you pretty bad? He's like, well, I'm not bad. I'm yeah. about 80%. And he just tore that guy apart still. <laughs> and I was like, this is 80%? That's when I was like, I like, I like this guy. I want to see what he can do at 100. Yeah. percent And he and I started looking into him and seeing some. I was like, God, this guy's phenomenal. But he, he probably would have got those guys probably would have gotten paid. But there was also outside pressure. The 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 baby brother Pacquiao. There was so much pressure to finally see this fight. It finally, it's coming through. Yeah. And all of a sudden now, oh, injury. We got delayed. People would have you know would have been calling for heads. They've been up yeah. and uproar. And then with Triple G. Well, everybody, it's an automatic assumption of everybody automatically when, when a guy Something's says, I got to drop out of the fight. Oh, he's scared. You know, this yeah. and this and that. And that, this is one area where I can't agree with Joe Rogan. I don't think any of those fighters walk in there scared. I think that sometimes they get scared in the fight and give up. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, they, 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 they weren't expecting. Well, yeah. a lot of days. <laughs> they, they weren't expecting this guy to have almost like how Joshua against Ruiz when the dirty boxing when you see Joshua kind of like what looking at the ref like you let, he's hitting me in, in a clinch yeah. why are you letting this happen because I think he hadn't been in a fight where somebody was had such busy hands like that and he, yeah he wasn't used to a busy fighter and he wasn't used to a fighter where when he caught him with a good punch the guy was automatically thrown back right away you know what I mean yeah, he, he, and you could tell scared. that those those counter punches were catching him really 
off guard, off balance. And the, instead of refining his combination game and going, well, when I throw this punch, I'm expecting this counter, so I'll parry and then throw the, throw this counter to that counter or something like that. Rather than do any of that, he said, I'll just avoid the counter punches altogether and stop throwing combinations. Yeah, I'll just yeah. I'll do the jab. And which me. that was what frustrated me the most in that fight. Was I mean, it was like we said. Gone that route, yeah. Like a previous, we said, almost like a Bernard Hopkins style. Yeah. You know, one, two jabs maybe, yeah. tie up, tie up, or back away. Like Mayweather was the same way. He would throw maybe a one, two. And he would, and a lot of times they were like, oh, he's feeling him out. He has a feel out, he's feel out. He felt him out for 11 rounds. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, boxing a long, long time ago, oh, you would you would look up those statistics where they're so-and-so knocked out some, some somebody in the 54th round or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> or somebody got and knocked what, down 11 times in the first round. And it makes you realize, yeah, makes you realize these guys came to knock each other out because there was no end to this fight if you didn't, you know what I mean? So you, you either had to give up or get knocked out. And... It's frustrating because they said, well, we need to be, you know, boxers need to be safer. We need to limit those rounds. And then it went down to 15, 20 and then to 15, 15 and then to now to what it is at 12. 12. Yeah. I think we need to bring, I like the 15 <coughs> rounds. I think we need to bring the 15 rounders back. I think. I don't know necessarily that's going to do anything because as long as you put a limit on it, you're still saying you can survive this fight if you just be smart and then the the ultimate result ends up you get Floyd Mayweather's and no, Bernard Hopkins and and because I can tell you right now for a fact when Joshua went, went into Andy Ruiz too he had no intention of knocking him you know what I mean he was gonna he was gonna frustrate him yeah and, and the reason why we watch these fights is because we want to see two guys battle that are interested in knocking each other and that's the reason why I loved watching those those even welterweight and middleweights were up there, but mainly the, the, the featherweights and the flyweights, the, the Barreras, the Pacquiao yeah. when he was smaller, the Eric Morales, those guys went at it. And then you, you then you throw in the Mickey Wards against and the Gotti, the Arturo Gotti oh. battles. Oh, man. Yeah. Those are great. Those were phenomenal fights. Well, you talked a little bit earlier about uh, Corrales and Castillo. That was, yeah, those, what was it, those three? Fi- yeah, I think the, at least two that two I know sure, of yeah. were amazing fights were candidates for fight of the century yeah they were that good i i thought that those were amazing both I, fights were amazing I think fights. barrera morales they've won fights the year a couple times i think they got yeah. fight of the decade once i mean those, yeah they're they're warriors man yeah, they're those guys awesome had true blood bad blood they hated each other they were they hated each other's guts they were right? trying to fist fight and the uh the meetings before during the press conferences and stuff it was bad you know yeah, yeah. and it was kind of crazy because it was that it was it was basically it was almost like poetic like the romeo juliet kind of thing yeah. you know the the, the the two sides of the, of the coin like morales was considered like the ritzy he can't even though he was in tijuana yeah. he came from the higher ritzy more fancy type of boxing while yeah. barrero was the Wrong side had of the tracks, yeah. And, he was that, yeah. that, that delinquent kind of, rough side of the tracks kind of fighter, yeah. Whatever, yeah. And he hated that, that Morales was giving everything while well, he had to fight for everything. So that just made for a classic clash. And they mm. it showed in those fights, you could see it. It was oh, man, it was. And one of my favorite fights actually Beautiful was Barrera. Barrera when he uh, Prince Nassim. Oh, um, that was an awesome fight, yeah, yeah. It was, 
because even I didn't expect him to to do what he was able to do in that fight. Yeah, because everybody was hyped up on Prince Nassim at that time. Yeah. And I, I didn't believe his hype because I thought he was just a loud mouth that he was one of those who he had speed and but he I don't know, I at that time I think I didn't think he fought anybody really worthy. It was almost like he was fighting newbies. Guys that were either like just mediocre that were like hey we All need, I we know was he was handling everybody he was fighting decent fighters and making them look bad. You know what but I mean? But when he came up, I think, against an actual, like, a, I mean, Barrera, handling pretty easy. Yeah. He, he There was a couple of times where I thought he was like, knock him out. But he, I'll give Nassim credit, he had the speed and the chin, you know. But he, he was, I think he was hurt so bad that there was times where he tried to play it off. But, like, there was one time where Burr caught him in the top of the head. He tried to do like, oh, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not hurt. And then, bop, bop, bop. Then he was like, oh, I am hurt. <laughs> yeah. It was almost like the Anderson Silva yeah, deal where, where he was like, oh, yeah, I'm so hurt. Then all of a sudden he gets hit. Oh, shit, I'm hurt. <laughs> and he's on the ground and boom, boom. Is, next is thing this bad? Over. Yeah. <laughs> next thing he knows, uh, what just happened? Your belt, it went away. That's what happened. Yeah. You lost your belt. <laughs> you're, you're, you're moving around, joking around, not taking fights seriously. Yeah. It's, it's whether or not the guy you think is worse than you, he's still a professional fighter. Right, He still yeah. has a puncher's chance. Oh, yeah, dude. And that's, that's what happened, you know? And yeah, yeah I, I, dude, I get addicted to those YouTube videos, bro, where, like, it's, uh, what do they call them? Uh, 25 cocky fighters oh, get knocked get out or something. Out, yeah, I dude, I get on those, bro. Some, somehow, I'll get on YouTube, <laughs> and I'll be like, hmm, how do I... Uh, uh, cut my bed down on my pickup because I'm building a hot rod right now. I'm like, how do I cut my bed down on my pickup, cut the frame down, you know, replace the driveline and do all that stuff. I want to see like a modification on the truck. 30 is, minutes later, I'm like watching 25 cockiest fighters get you, knocked out. Because YouTube knows your algorithm. They see yeah. like, oh, okay, here's some more trucks, more trucks. Hey, here's some boxing. <laughs> oh, that looks pretty good. Damn it, YouTube, you know me so well. Yeah. You're like, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to learn how to rebuild. I'm trying to learn how to rebuild a truck, yeah. And, but, and you're taking me away from it. <laughs> and I get stuck there. I, I might hours. get stuck there for hours. Yeah. That's how I am. Like, my legs are numb on the toilet. <laughs> you know? Like, oh, I'm trying to get up and you're just falling down like a Peter Griffin. Yeah, it's not like back in the olden days where all you had to read was a shampoo bottle or a yeah. magazine or something. Yeah, yeah, now you can stay there all day if you want to. Yeah, I realize like, <laughs> where the hell am I? I'm still in the bathroom. My legs are purple. What the hell? That's that bad? <laughs> Is that bad? I better call the EMS. But uh, those fights were just amazing. That's why I like those young... And like you said... Those were the ones that people wanted. They want to see where people come to knock each other out. But my reason, go back to, I think we need to do like the the MMA. You know how they do three rounders, but a championship fight, you get those extra two. Maybe oh, yeah. maybe a championship boxing match goes Should to 15. Be 15 or something. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be completely opposed to that that type of a, a format. I still think, you know, basically at the end of the day, what I was getting at was the fact that there's even a time limit tells guys that if I just employ this strategy, I can survive this fight. Similar to like in MMA when Ken Shamrock uh, fought Hoist Gracie for the second time. He came out of that fight readily admitting to the media, I was only interested in surviving. I really 
I knew I couldn't beat this guy. Yeah. He, so I just thought, well, I'll just make it to the end and it'll be a draw. You know what I mean? And I think that happens a lot in boxing nowadays. You know, there's still fights, though. I still respect boxing, ultimately. And, you know, it's a beautiful sport. It's an amazing uh, the, sport. The, techni- the, yeah. the technicality, the technicians that these guys are, that what they do. I mean, yeah. and that's one of the things that, like, people that that are all gung-ho MMA boxing's dumb and it's out of they don't I don't think they understand the, the effort that goes in and they try to argue with me like well you know in MMA they gotta remember this remember that remember that I said like, yeah but they have all those options so if you can't beat somebody standing up I can just tackle them and go take them try to take them to the ground and remember some jujitsu stuff and it'll be alright like I mean in boxing you don't have that chance you don't have that choice I gotta I got this one way I gotta beat them with my mind, it's like a chess game. Yeah. It's almost like chess versus checkers, and I don't want to demean MMA saying it's it's below them, but it's it, it's two different sports, and that's what people don't get that it's completely two different sports. Whether they're both fighting, but they're two different aspects that you have to approach these 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 battles at. Yeah, and another thing that a lot of well, I'll, I'll say mostly like casual fans try to do is say, oh. Uh, MMA is so much more dangerous than boxing and you know I won't put this on a lot of like people who really know MMA and know boxing don't say stupid shit like that you know what I mean and I'm not going to argue for one or the other but I will say for a fact that boxing obviously has a lot more head hunting in it Um, boxers take a lot more punches to the head Uh, a lot of people go oh yeah but those big hefty gloves that they're wearing you know uh, they're to protect people's face. Those aren't to protect nope. people's faces. They're to protect their hands. And, you know, they they try to make it out to sound like, oh, you know, well, you can kill a guy with this. Well, how many people actually die in MMA and how, versus how many people actually die in boxing? It's, uh-huh. you know, the numbers are way, way different. So it's, it's hard to tell which punch is going to be the killer blow to a head. You know, there's, uh, there's obviously back in the day where they, a fight went too far and they're like, they... Which they try to remedy, but now it's like okay, they stopped the fight in time. But there's guys who already just two good hood, two hooks to the head, his brain started bleeding already. There was well, some guy. guys, some yeah, some guys. Well, and th- that's the thing is what a lot of people don't understand is boxers know how to punch, and and we talked about this in our first podcast mm-hmm. with uh, when uh, Glass Hands Mayweather fought. Uh, uh, Conor McGregor and, and ended up knocking him out. Ended up TKOing him. So, you know, and that was one of the things they was like, oh, you know, maybe we were saying Mayweather doesn't have the power. It's like ask Ricky Hatton. He's yeah. got he's he despite him not being a power puncher for boxers, he's still a power puncher because he knows how to punch. Yeah, because because he's a boxer. And I told you the story about the uh, kung fu kid. Uh, a long time ago in Arizona when I used to work at that pizza place there was that kid that was taking that kung fu class from the owner of the store who was a, a supposedly like a red sash in kung fu which I don't know what that means it doesn't mean he's a black belt or did, what, did, did whatever he become it is. a master he passed the seventh I, level and became a master yeah I guess I don't I have he's no sick. idea exactly. yeah but you know one of the things that that guy tried to uh, preach to all of his students all the time if you've never learned kung fu you don't know how to punch was basically what he was telling all of his students and stuff. And they went on and regurgitated this nonsense to everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then this poor kid, which I feel bad for him to a degree because he was being brainwashed by his so-called 
Kung Fu instructor. Master, yeah, yeah his, his, his Sudoku. Yeah, well, he ended up uh, challenging my the buddy of mine that I was telling you about that was a professional boxer and challenge him to a game of stomachs. I don't know if Ooh, any of you yeah. listeners know what it is, but I played it back in the day and, you know. Basically what you do so is cool. each guy gets a chance to punch somebody in the stomach as hard as they can. Yeah, until one guy gives up. Yeah. Well, needless to say, the Kung Fu Kid took one, one shot at Eloy and then Eloy took his shot next and game over. <laughs> that was it, yeah. So, and even afterwards, it was funny because the kid tried tried to act like, well, boxers still don't know how to punch. <laughs> he yeah, felt yeah. it. But he was like, you're an exception, but boxers still don't know how to punch. And I was like, I don't think you know what you're talking about, dude. Yeah. But yeah, it was crazy, man. And I've seen a lot of stuff like that throughout my life that made, you know, people just, uh, it's a lack of understanding yeah. that, that, that makes people, you know, naive and ignorant to them. Yeah. And I think that there, there's a lot of boxing fans that are naive and ignorant to MMA in the same sense, too. Oh, yeah. You know, I watched some of those fights. I used to like Pride. Oh, yeah, uh, I used to love Pride, yeah. Yeah, because you wouldn't really hear the crowd boo. You know, the boo birds come out every time uh, there's, like, some grappling going on or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you got the casual fan. When I was watching Conor McGregor and... and uh, Cowboy Cerrone, I was over there at Hector's house, and we're talking all casual fans here. All of them were like, oh, this is gay, and you know what I mean? And they go straight to that, which they don't understand what's going on down there, so I forgive them. Mm-hmm. But if you this. understand what those guys are doing down there, and you understand the, the, the technicalities of it and the aspect of what they're trying to accomplish, then mm-hmm. you're, you, know, you don't start booing them. I, I actually was that same way when I first started watching. I was like, oh, I hate it because they just hug each other, do this. But then once I started yeah. getting more into it, watching, I was like, oh man, those knees—they they 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 take effect, you know. Yeah. And, I've, and I've been in fights and been kicked and been punched. I'm like, once I started like putting like my own experiences, I'm like, oh yeah, that man, that's that dead leg. Oh, that you know, you kick somebody's side of that that right there on the side of their hip. Yeah. That shit hurts. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and people like, ah, oh, like let, let me give you just a. I'm just gonna barely do it, and you give him a little time. Like, ah, oh, like now imagine this, this guy who's 240, who's been you know solid muscle, and he's trying. I mean, maybe even 20 percent harder than me. Yeah. And he's hitting you right where he needs to hit you. Oh yeah, yeah. Your, your, your leg's gonna go dead. But you know? I got total respect for the MMA. The way that yeah. that sport has evolved. That's what I. I you I, know, when it first started, it was all grapplers were were dominating that in, when, in the tournament days with the Gracies. Yeah. Um, I used to love watching those though. You started getting this breed of guys that learned how to defend against the grappling, didn't really have the skills to to be a you know like a like a, Gracie a great type of grappler, but they learned how to defend it and then you had like you know Tito Ortiz with the ground and pound and things like that. Then you had another breed, a whole new generation of, of uh, grapplers that came in with a cure for that. And then you have the boxers that invaded MMA, like Conor McGregor and Holly Holm, and they had a cure for, for even throw the in, great uh, grapplers. And now you're starting to see a shift back to grappling with uh, Nurmagomedov, uh, Khabib, Nurga, yeah, Khabib I'm not even going to attempt to say this guy's last name. Let's just we call apologize. him Khabib. <laughs> He's the guy who wrestled. Nurmagomedov. Yeah, but anyways. You know, and and you see those shifts. You see the happen all the time. So I like MMA in the sense that you know there's it's constantly evolving. But what people who don't understand boxing 
fail to recognize is that that sport is also doing the same thing. They evolve as well. Yeah, and you see even a, a certain boxer change his whole entire game. For example, Joshua against Ruiz. They, you know they, what I mean? well, they, they, they evolve strategic wise. Yeah, I think more and and or and body wise, like 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 the Joshua when you saw him completely body change, completely well, different. I think any combat sports person is looking for that key to to to, to be win, yeah. a certain type of thing. And eventually you're going to see Khabib go down to a striker because that striker figured out a strategy for, you know, his Just superior his. grappling, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And well, so I mean, it's cool and it keeps the the sports both sports interesting. The only thing I'm trying to say is that I I don't think that MMA casual MMA fans understand how much boxing yeah evolves to and it's constantly changing and you know fighters are constantly looking for the key to this guy or the key to that guy you know what I mean because there used to be the argument like you could put like I remember guys used to say oh a boxer wouldn't survive in an MMA ring but an MMA fighter would survive in a boxing ring which I used to be like well look at Mark Hunt he was basically a boxer yeah. And he was he did pretty good in the in the MMA ring, you know. He was a K1 or something, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. It was a, a kickboxer. Kickboxer I think is what first, it was. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and, and a good one too. Yeah, he had phenomenal power. Yeah. But at the same time, you get away from that uh, when he fought Bigfoot Silva who that was a, an amazing fight. I think it was Bigfoot Silva. No, it was just Big Bigfoot. I think it's that Bigfoot Silva. It was one. It was Bigfoot. That's all I can say. <laughs> that must have been a short oh, well, time. I'm thinking of Tim, thinking of Tim Silva. It is Bigfoot Silva. Oh. I was thinking of Tim Silva. It's Bigfoot Silva. Those guys, but he was able to get at them by throwing knees and kicks and kind of. Yeah. And Mark Hunt had gotten away from his kickboxing. He then he started going back to it, and that helped him survive. But it was such a bloody battle. It was an amazing fight. Yeah. But he got to him by throwing kicks and and and. Going back to what Mark Hunt started as a kickboxer, yeah, because Mark Hunt went back to just boxing, but he not only survived, he thrived in that, right. you know. And I don't want to downplay MMA, but we've seen an MMA fighter come into the boxing ring, and yeah. he lost. And the crazy thing is, is everybody's going to go, yeah, but he lost to the greatest ever. Yeah, but Floyd ever. Mayweather's forty years old. He's way smaller than Conor McGregor, and he did not fight the way he fights other other boxers. You know what I mean? And the other you could see from 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 by by the time round three came around, Floyd Mayweather is doing whatever he wants with this guy. Yeah, you know. What and I, I I was saying too, I was like, McGregor's he's conditioned for a five rounder. I was like, so by the I was thinking by the tenth round, maybe nine, ten, maybe eleven. He's going to gas right in that period. After the 9th through the 11th, he's going to start gassing because... Which is an 20, aspect of boxing, and people don't understand yeah, that. Yeah, because 25 minutes is the max in the MMA fight, you know, five five-minute rounds. I was like, but you don't realize, yeah, they're only three-minute rounds, but they go 12. That's 36 minutes. Yeah. And what happened, by, the, what, the ninth round, he could see that he was gassed. He wasn't throwing as much punches. Yeah. And Mayweather was just toying with him at that point. And then I still think it was called a little bit early. I think he should have been given a chance to... to keep going if, but you could see that he was tired and yeah. a gas fighter against even though he's not a puncher in the boxing sense 
could still do damage to a man who's gassed like like Mabel was getting gassed. Yeah. And so I think that's the reason why they called it a bit early. Yeah. But the argument is people are like, oh, well, he went 10 rounds, you know? And it's kind of like, ah, well, he went 10 rounds, but you can't... That's really, I don't know. Like, he went what, 10 rounds of running a lot. I mean, by, by he, round he, three, he when, he, when he started running, yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah, he reverted back to the MMA a little bit. Yeah. But by round... By round three, you know, he had established the fact that he wasn't going to hurt Mayweather. He uh, he wasn't going to be able to avoid getting hit as, as long as he kept on trying to be the aggressor. And then that's when he began, you know, running. And Mayweather started chasing him. And then even afterwards, he made the comment, I turned Floyd Mayweather into a Mexican. You know what I mean? No, because yeah. Mayweather was really going for the knockout. Which Mayweather never does. He doesn't do that. That's not he, his he style. Knew, he could but he knew it. that he could. So he was like, well, I guess I'll just go ahead and hunt this guy down until, until he's knock him out. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because people's argument was always like, well, he used to box. He used to box. I'm like, so? Yeah. I used to work as a fry cook at McDonald's. That doesn't well, you mean I'm a chef. Point. Yeah, yeah mean I'm a the chef. Same point in our first in our first podcast. Yeah. Which I thought was a, 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 a cool metaphor. But yeah, you know, you get... A, and, but you talked a little bit earlier about this whole Antonio Brown and uh, oh, the Logan, Logan Paul, Paul thing. That's thing gonna, that, to me, that's going to be a blemish on the yeah. sport box. And we talked about how, yeah, before uh, Mayweather and McGregor, that we thought that it this was, was a no-win situation for boxing. And and, uh, and now it's just kind of open. Oh, and a, a ditzy YouTuber, yeah. just because he got 20 million followers, all of a sudden, let's put him in a boxing ring, you know. Yeah. That's, that's and now you got amazing. some MMA fighters challenging, like Golovkin and Canelo. And yeah, uh, Masvidal was challenging Golo- uh, uh, Canelo. They 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 want that paycheck. I, you don't blame you know, them. If yes. I was an MMA fighter and I was getting garbage pay from Dana White compared to a boxer, I would probably yeah. I would probably do the same thing. So I I can't fault them, but it's coming to fruition what we what we talked about, you know. With with the whole um, McGregor and, and Mayweather, and it's d- yeah, it's, it's getting other aspects now. That's starting to go. Down. I remember they used to have like the celebrity boxing kind of thing stuff, like where people had little beef. But, but that was just funny. Yeah, but they that was fun to watch and charity. Yeah. But now they're like, let's do this for real. Now you're like, I, I, I watched an episode Prime. one time where it was uh, Screech from Saved by the Bell. He got beat up. Did he get <laughs> beat up by uh, Danny Bonaduce? I think so. Yeah, it was it was Screech from Saved by the Bell versus another nerd. Was it? What, was it? I it, thought it was Danny Bonaduce from the Parker's family. I think I it may have been. It may have been. But you know, I I liked watching that celebrity boxing just because it's funny to watch people who think that they can box get in the ring and, and try to yeah. actually box. And it's funny because Danny Bonaduce was he was stacked. He, he was actually pretty built. Yeah. And I think he got beat by Todd Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they had uh, oh what's her face the figure skater she fought Tanya Harding I think she fought in there I think she lost I forgot who she lost to they should have had her fight Nancy Kerrigan <laughs> oh that would have been so awesome yeah dude. Nancy would come yeah. in with a, with a crowbar yes, uh, some of you listening might be too young <laughs> oh, to remember that but that was we just gave our age away <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah that was that was something from the 90s Look it up, the Nancy Kerrigan incident. Yeah, Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding. The Tanya Harding scandal. I think they made a, they actually made a movie out of it. It's on, it's on uh, Netflix, I believe. Oh, is it really? Yeah. We're not sponsored by Netflix, but check it out. <laughs> so Netflix. And Netflix, if you want to sponsor us, we're game. We'll, we'll negotiate. <laughs> 
but yeah, yeah it was but when you talk about you know destroying the the sport of boxing it, it's tough because i think that you and i we differ in a lot of ways like you talked a little bit of, at the beginning of this podcast about how you know you're a little more knowledgeable about football and, and uh, baseball and i'm i'm a little more knowledgeable about american football as a result of me being a seasonal employee and, and i work mostly in the summers and springs and stuff but uh um you know both of us i think unanimously love boxing it's uh one of our favorite sports and watch it growing it, up as a kid loved it yeah and it's tough to watch it deteriorate uh in in some ways uh the corruption has always, always kind been of there. been there so i'm not necessarily talking about that but uh the uh the fan base, I think a lot of those guys are going toward MMA, which, you know, if you're into it, which, like I tell okay. you, I, I like MMA, but... You can uh, like both, I think, but I think there's this And that's the reason of, why I hate comparing them, yeah. but we always end up comparing them because everybody else yeah, is Yeah, and it's like, you can enjoy really. both without being, yeah. I need to choose either boxing or which is better. Like, no, yeah. they're both in their own right equally great. I think produce it's, equally great... I, I gotta say boxing has produced more because they've been around longer yeah. you know I mean who's to say that the next Muhammad Ali or Mike Tyson is not gonna come out of the MMA you know right. for that sport I, I, I think that it's easier for the casual fan to watch MMA because you don't have to understand it to enjoy it as much as you do boxing so mm -hmm. boxing looks more boring boxing is yeah if, if you don't understand boxing you might be completely confused. You know what I mean? When I watch boxing, I see a beautiful art. Yeah. But that's the amount of time that I've spent, you know what I mean? Watching it. Watching every and, type of fight as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, growing up, you know, throwing the boxing gloves on with my cousins and, and mm -hmm. you know, Hitting it's, just, it, it's just been a part of my life since I was a kid. So I remember the family gatherings, you know, an uncle or something would have, it would be awesome because we would have a, if it was fight night, like it was a say it was a De La Hoya fight or a Mike Tyson fight, it would be on Saturday. So we would set up a horseshoe tournament. So we would get to my uncle's house and we'd have three horseshoe pits set up and we would, you know, you have a buy-in, I'll you know, say ten bucks, twenty bucks, and you'd get your partner and we would have a horseshoe tournament during the day and it was just a great family time we had. Yeah. And then we'd gather for the fight and we would put, okay, you know, the rounds in a hat and you pay a buck and you buy, okay. I got, you know, this one says De La Hoya around seven. So if De La Hoya wins in round seven, you get the money, right. you know, and it was, it was just a fun time. You know, it was, it was a family gathering that almost seems to nowadays have gone wayward. You know, it's, it's hard to get that back. It, it's the, the, I think, the, the, the society that we're turning into just doesn't doesn't allow for it you know what i mean it's, it's dude if tough. i if i threw the busyness if i threw them. boxing gloves on my boy when he was 13 years old and told him here fight your your 15 year old cousin uh, i'd probably be in jail for child abuse or something yeah if somebody saw it they'd get in trouble like yeah. how dare you or if he told somebody yeah. they'd be like you need to question their parenting skills which is uh, yeah which... you and you and i actually had a conversation earlier today before we did the podcast where we talked about I was talking about a portrait of my grandparents from way back in the day, oh, and yeah. they were very young. But when you look at the picture, it looks like two adults. 
but I think my grandpa, I can't remember the name. So they told me the ages that they were at one point, but just to put it in perspective, I think they said my grandpa was 17. I think my grandma might've been 15 or 16. But when you look at this picture of them, they do not look like teenagers. These look like grown adults. And you know, it's really funny too, because my grandpa's standing there posing. You're not supposed to smile in pictures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so he's standing there posing. And my grandma is like two steps behind him, uh, diagonal from him, yeah, and she's got her hands crossed, and she's got her head down in the picture in order to be respectful. Yeah, so, you just... know, it's really sort of like traditional Tells style you, type of picture. Back in the day. Yeah, but when you look at that picture, you go, oh, okay, there's a married couple. And you don't go, those are two children. You don't say that. Yeah. And, and you know, it's because life was different back then harder so yeah uh, yeah so we talked uh, a little bit about like how a person nowadays might look back and go oh well so and so back in the 1800s uh married this girl when she was 15 but what they don't understand is that the age of maturity back then was that you know what i mean and it's younger, constantly yeah, in, yeah and, it, and it's constantly evolving so like even though they might look back on it and go, oh, well, that's sick. What they don't understand is that society back then and, and life was so hard that you were basically a grown-up by that age back you then. You were done yeah. grown-up stuff. You, you had a full-time job. Yeah, and this years. is a constantly evolving thing because you and I, our generation, we grew up knowing that 18 was adulthood. And yeah. at that point, the generation before us, at that point at 18 years old, could drink they could smoke, they could do that. So they pass it on to us that 18 was adulthood. You were, now, at, you were at the house, you had a job. That's five, slowly yeah. starting to crawl up because now you can't drink till you're 21. Here in the state of Colorado, this is just a recent thing. You can't smoke till you're 21. I was unaware of that. Yeah, just uh, 2020 was the beginning of that. So you can't smoke till you're 21. The license to get a driver's license, that age is also creeping up. To 18, So yeah. like the more we baby our kids, the more immature they stay and they keep on staying that way late into what should be adult. They look like they're grown people at the age of, I mean, and they, they mature physically younger too. You could see a 16 They mature year old. younger physically, yeah. Because yeah. uh, mentally I, it's not there, yeah. Yeah, but mentally they just don't have it and it's because, you know, they've been so coddled and stuff. And, yeah. and, and you tell a, a kid nowadays, oh yeah, my grandparents got married when they were 17 and 15. Yeah. And they go, Oh my God! And you go, well, yeah, but you were a adult back then. You had a full, you had a full yeah. By the time you were, time, yeah, yeah, by the time you were 17 years old, you've already been in the workforce for seven years. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it's just a different world that we live in nowadays. And that being said, I don't think that this is a positive thing. I think it's, you know, I think it's getting out of control. You've got 30 and 40 year old guys living in their mom's basement. You know what I'm saying? And, and some of that, like, isn't all to. To them, you know, being coddled. Some, like, I can understand some of it being, like, in California, economically just sound because yeah. the, the price of living, you're up to what, 2700 a month for rent? Oh, yeah. Sometimes you just can't afford it, you know? Yeah, make no mistake about it. Uh, I told my daughter when she first became an adult in my eyes and legally an adult, she mentioned something about how long she had been with her boyfriend and she even asked me one time, uh, what would what would it take for him to be able to come and spend the week because he was out of out of from out of town or whatever? What would it take for him to be able to come and spend the weekend over here? I said, simple, you guys just get married. 
You can live here as long as you want. You can bring your husband here and you guys can live here as long as you want. But you will work. You will save money. You will contribute to this household. People did it back in the olden days all the time. That's what's People weird. lived with their parents until their parents were dead. And then their children lived with them, and with them until they were dead. And then you passed wealth on to your children. And this is how life It's weird worked. how American... You know I mean? American... American uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess societal... Ideal. Ideal now is... You get the hell out at 18. You move yeah. out. You do You're your like own a bird. thing. Yeah. You got feathers on your wings. Boom. Boom. You're kicked out. Yeah, kick you out. Yeah. Whereas most most families like Mexican culture, Asian cultures, the kids stay to stay there and they save up money. That yeah. I think uh, I believe in, in, in the Asian culture. I think it, I knew uh, a friend of mine that were telling about they had a uh, their sister was marrying a Korean guy, and what they did was the, the they had stayed living together. And they'd all would all work. They all had good jobs. They would all put money in and pay the house they lived in off that the parents had. Then they would put money down in a new house. Or they would first they bought vehicles. So the first vehicle went to the oldest son, and that would get all paid off. Because they, I mean, you got you got six incomes if you putting on it. Think about it. This is the capitalist dream. This is building wealth for your family, and, and this yeah. is expanding your wealth and expanding your family. Now, what you have is the the parents get old, they get put in a nursing home. Everything that they own gets sold to pay for their care in the nursing home, so it all ultimately ends up going back to the government. Yeah. Anyways, you know what I mean. But these, the way they had, it, I, <laughs> and I think this works. I, if I ever had kids, I would, I wouldn't mind working this system. What they did was they all, I mean, you got like six to seven incomes put on a vehicle, so that car vehicle gets paid off quick. So yeah. the oldest, the oldest child was son or daughter. Usually, it's the son gets the vehicle. Then the next oldest gets the vehicle. You know, they do yeah. the same thing the next vehicle. But then once they become gets once that's all paid off, they put it on a house. They start paying on the house. They're paying on the house. Yeah. They get that house paid off for the oldest. Yeah. And then they start once they what they do is then uh, the parents move in with the oldest son and the youngest, the other ones keep that house that the parents had paid off. So there's two houses now yeah. are paid off and they start building they, You're constantly they, building and, they, and they passing this down to your to your children well, what and, they do and their is children and they buy a third house and they are all putting their money to because that remember the houses are paid off the vehicles are paid off yeah. so they buy ne the next house and they put it to the second oldest and they get that so essentially these houses are paid off and the parents have an option the crazy thing is what you're talking about right now sounds crazy to yeah. people right now but what those people don't realize is they are the only culture and generation that doesn't do this yeah like throughout the history of mankind it's always we, been done this is our only era of of mankind that does not practice this yeah. that does not stay tight as a family because the the, 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 more the you american have dream now is to do it on spread your, your wings and fly do it on and your do it own. on your own and you're taught that throughout school throughout you know public schooling you're taught that by the time you reach this, this age you're supposed to and it's so ingrained in our society after only a few generations that we've lost completely what humanity used to and be we about lost that sense it of used family. to be about family it used to be about togetherness yeah that unitedness building something together yeah, yeah you, you stuck with your family and you're able to stick it out and well you look at these mexican families down in riverside that you know i know fifth generation kids who live in the same house mm -hmm. that their great great grandparents lived in? You know what I'm saying? And and 
you know, so there's some of that culture is still maintained to a degree, but like we've got it totally twisted. We've got it completely. We're only interested in building as much as we can until we can't anymore. And then it all goes right back to the government where it started from. Where I think that's what the government wants because. And that's the thing is I think it's, and and I'm not a big conspiracy theorist, but this I think is a conspiracy to gain everything back. You know what I mean? Because that, if you have that family sticking together... Yeah, because it's, it's it's not in the best interest of of our economy for you to maintain a house through five generations. They want that house sold and bought and sold and bought and sold and rebought and sold and rebought and resold and rebought. They want it resold and rebought over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And that is the new way and that's that how we build this economy. But it completely trashes the original ideal of capitalism, which is build wealth, maintain yeah. wealth. You can't do that anymore and, in our society. And, we, and it's brought up our, our real estate. That's why a house that costs 30000 to build has been moved on moved on but all of a sudden now it's 80,000 now it's 120,000 like it only cost 30,000 to build in 1901 but yet it's made 60 or way less than that you know yeah it's made like 6 million dollars because it's been sold 40 times yeah. in 100,000 and taxes have been paid on it every single time yeah, it's been sold different people, so yeah. the government has made way more money off that house than any seller or, or has since since it was built but we're uh we're getting a little too long. I think we're getting ready to cut off here. We'll, uh, we've got to continue this to another yeah. episode. Yeah. Sorry, this one wasn't very much about sports. We kind of sat down with the uh, original idea that we were just going to kind of shoot from the hip and see, see where it we went hit. from there. Shoot from the hip, see what we hit. Yeah. So, um, if you like it, let us know. Yeah. Um, I hope there's a way that you can let us know. I, I need to check on these things. Um, I'm a little behind. Got some things going on. Moving to new places. So... Hopefully we can get things set up with the studio with your guys' help. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. This is uh, Ramon Chabron signing out. And this is Boots with Dos Pistoleros. You guys take care.